Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, Matt Willis, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm really good. I'm really bloody good. How are you? You know what? I'm not bad. I've realized that me uh, older... Party animal Richardson, as I'm famously known. Famously. Never invited to a party as a child. Always throwing them now. <laughs> I'm not really that bothered about going out now that we're allowed to go out. Really? Did you go out when the pubs opened? I thought of you, actually. I went out on the first day. Yeah. I went out at 12, met a friend. And by four o'clock, I was home. Like, it wasn't like I was out all night partying. And that's the only time I've been out. Right. Wow. Financially, the last year has meant that I can't really go out all the time. (laughs) However, the desire's not particularly there. Really? Right. When's nightclubs? June the 21st, I think, isn't that or something like that? Yeah, but I'm not a nightclub person anyway. Are you not? I'm a pub person. Right. Yeah. And what have you been up to, Matt Willis? You know, now I've turned into a hermit. Well, the word hero has been thrown around. You know, I haven't said it myself. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Oh, here we go. No, I've been working for St. John Ambulance. Doing what? If anyone gets a little bit too much smoke inhaled at the uh, bonfire, (laughs) that's normally what they do, don't they, St. John's Ambulance? Hey, watch your fucking mouth, Matt Richardson. You know, we're helping basically save the world, Matt. You know, I don't know if you've heard. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. What are you doing for them? This is exciting. Well, we are part of the volunteer vaccination crew. So we are in different vaccination centres. No way. I got really excited, right? So I saw that my friend went on Instagram and he was in the St. John Ambulance t-shirt saying, I am now a qualified vaccination volunteer. And I was like, well, what does that entail? What do you have to do? And I was like, I'm literally sat at home with fuck all to do. Give me a job. And this is there. So I was like, what is it? And basically, they're training people to vaccinate the nation, you know, because there's a massive vaccination program. Oh, my God, amazing. And so they're training volunteers up to become vaccinators to help with the onslaught of people that are going to come through that need to be vaccinated. They need some help. So St. John Ambulance are supplying that help. I was like, fantastic, brilliant. Where do I sign up? And then I realised that to be able to be a vaccinator, you need two A-levels. I left school at 16 without a GCSE to my name. I'm sorry, but what you should have done there is sat in a meeting and gone, how many fucking Brit Awards do you need? Because I think I've got a few of those. I can't believe that because that was the first thing I said. Because <laughs> I got on a Zoom with oh her and I purposely put them in the back of the fucking thing. That is so funny. How many do you have just for... Two. Okay, lovely. I said, well, you know, instead of A-levels, what about those little heroes at the back there? <laughs> you know, I've got two of them. That is such an un-Matt Willis thing. To, that's more like the kind of thing I would do. <laughs> Except I'd have to go, how many Brit Awards do you need? Well, I've got none of those either. I just really wanted to fucking vaccinate someone. I was like, how amazing to be able to do that. So obviously I couldn't do that because I don't have A-levels or the equivalent. Matt, is that your new when no one's watching confession? When no one's watching, I like to pretend I can give the vaccinations. Just going up to old dears going, don't worry, I've got it. And just squirting water into them. Yeah, just, yeah. just whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter, does it? 
<laughs> no, but my wife bloody can. My wife did a television program and still does it about being an MCA, a nursing assistant in the maternity ward. And because of the qualification she got, she is qualified to do it. So she can vaccinate people. I show people in where to sit, look after them. Just as important. Make sure they don't pass out. I can fucking save your life, mate. What kind of things are you fully trained if they go down? If someone hits another car in the car park or is it a bit more medical than that? I can do loads of shit, man. Go on, like what? I know how to use a defibrillator. Do you? I do. I do. Really? I mean, to be fair, they're so advanced now, they literally talk you through it. So as you turn it on, they go, please attach this to the body, you know, and stuff like that. So, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Self-driving. But mate, you know what? The training was fucking amazing. Like learning about this stuff. Like, for instance, what do you do if someone faints? I've never thought about that. I'm like, well, you just try, you know, whatever you think you do. Leave. It's the next person's problem. Exactly. Run away. Come on, Matt. You must know what to do with fainting. All those years in a band, you've had a few fainters around you, surely. Yeah, but luckily there were qualified St. John Ambulance in front of the stage <laughs> to look after said fans. Look, mate, you've got to cut costs on tour these days. Is that is that muck busted in the St. John's Ambulance? <laughs> So today's show, we're joined by an award-decorated comedian. She's called Sarah Keyworth. She's phenomenal. You've seen her on television on things like 8 Out of 10 Cats. And you know what? She brought a really different vibe to our podcast, I felt, Matt, because we are both high energy. I wouldn't say manic, but we're quite up there, aren't we, as people? Yeah, yeah. Sarah is a very mellow presence, and I feel like it kind of really mellowed us out as well. Do you know what? I remember this being almost meditative. Like a sleep story. Yeah, exactly. She would do a fantastic sleep story. Oh my God, wouldn't it be great? She's absolutely fantastic. And now, please enjoy Sarah. Oh Matt, I think I'm going to faint. Help me. Prick. This is When No One's Watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done might be asking why they tell us these things and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures aren't we i'm matt richardson uh, heat magazine's weird crush of the year and i'm matt willis from busted yeah i know yeah hello everyone and welcome to when no one's watching with me and matt richardson hi matt hi how you doing <laughs> do you know what i'm in a pretty good mood i'm all right are you really i just surprised myself when you asked me that question i thought how am i oh actually I feel all right. That's unusual. I know. I'm normally such a dick. Is it because you're seeing me and like outside of our houses, this is all we do to interact with other people now, isn't it really? Yeah, this is my complete social interaction is hanging out with you in front of a computer. Oh my God, that was my dream when I was a teenager, just to be your best friend. <laughs> and now it's happened. Oh, let's not go too far. You know, you're a, you're, you're a, you're a close colleague. Let's <laughs> you know, stick with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's all right, isn't it? And also, we get to speak to someone that I absolutely adore today. One of my favourite comedians on the circuit, mostly because of the shirt choice. Whenever I gig with her, she's always wearing the best shirts I've ever seen in my life. I kind of want to go shopping together more than gig together sometimes. But as well as uh, like loads of TV credits, like, you know, all the standard things, like 8 out of 10 cats, you know, roast battle, the things that don't book me, she's been on, so the good ones. And <laughs> nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award Best Newcomer. It's one of the best comedians out there at the moment. It's Sarah Keyworth. How are you doing? Hi, what a nice introduction. We actually were talking for um, a couple of years about going shopping, weren't we? But we never kind of got Yeah, we did. We're sort of on and off. Yeah. We kind of... And then, uh, and then the pandemic happened. And then we, we've so been we actually go. banned from going into shops. So, yeah. well, yeah. one day... Everyone has been banned. It's not just you and I together. No, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a ploy. 
Yeah, yeah. No, just no. Stop. together, I don't think. It's very elaborate. A really elaborate way yeah. to not hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you, Sarah? You know what? I'm in a good mood too. The sun is shining. I know. I think that really makes a difference, right? Yeah, it really yeah. does. Like, I mean, I know you've heard that in the past. You know, there's a lot of songs about the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. It really does make a difference <laughs> to my day. I'm sitting here. And it looks lovely outside. Does it annoy you a little bit when you notice that those things are true? Oh. When I was feeling down or like a little bit like groggy or whatever, and my dad would be like, oh, do some exercise, go for a run, ride a bike. And I'd be like, fuck off, dad. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, no, I genuinely notice it if I don't uh, move my body. And it's infuriating. Yeah. It makes me so angry that it's true. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for coming on this. Very excited to have thank you. Thank you for having me. How you. do you feel about confessing these things are they things you've discussed with people before some of them yes some of them no okay right i feel quite excited to just sort of purge some of my um you originally said guilty pleasures i don't even know if some of them are guilty pleasures or they're just stuff that i shouldn't have done you know (laughs) (laughs) but either way it's good to just get it all out it's good you know it's good for the soul isn't Mm -hmm. it yeah. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Sometimes this podcast makes me say things and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I regret letting that one out uh-huh. of the bag. And then suddenly you're waking up in the night like, ugh. Yeah, oh my God, it's out there. Yeah. I've got to be fair, when we first started this, pretty much a year ago when we started recording mm. these, Matt was very quick to tell stories about other people and name them, mm. which you've got much better at, actually. Do you know what? I've been called up on it quite a few times by those people. Have you? <laughs> Have you really? A friend of mine texted me and went, why are all my mates telling me that you told the story about woo And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> really? Did I did that. that. I forgot about that. Sorry about that. It's yeah, hard. Because... I think it's hard to believe that anybody will actually listen to things you say and then suddenly I know, you put just... it out in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I did first name and second name him. <laughs> yeah. That was maybe yeah, yeah. a step yeah. too far. You know, yeah, I'd say so. I've learned from that mistake. Yeah. I reckon, let's just get straight let's in. Get straight so, in. Sarah, can it. we have your first confession, please? My first confession is. I used to use the chaos of nightclubs to mess with people without them noticing. That was a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. But it had quite a particular origin because one of I, when I first noticed that it was very possible, it was because one of my very, very good friends, her boyfriend cheated on her while she was in hospital. And it was a really awful situation and it was just like, he just treated her like shit. He was a really bad guy. But I knew what he looked like, but we'd never met. Yeah. And I saw him on a night out in Nottingham once. And I really took it as kind of given that he wouldn't know who I was and wouldn't recognise me. Uh, This was when I was like 18. And we were out in this nightclub and I saw him there and I was walking by him. I was going to the toilet and I thought, (laughs) it's so crowded in here. There's so many people. I can punch him in the face and he won't realise I've done it on purpose. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs) Neither was I. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> and I thought, I was very drunk. And I was like, are you really going to do this? And I walked by and I did it quite subtly where I just lifted my hand because he was a bit taller than me and just caught him on the chin. Oh. And then we made eye contact and I went, oh, sorry, mate. And then just carried on walking. And he went, oh, no worries. And I carried on walking off. And I was like, that was amazing. The power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a thrill. I just punched a man in the face and he apologised to me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then you continued doing it because you realised how easy it was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so violent every time. No, okay, fine. Oh, I was going to say, you didn't just you become the phantom puncher. Yeah, somebody just punching people in the face. Yeah. No, but I did enjoy that you could kind of uh, tap people on the shoulder and like instigate slightly awkward situations. I used to do it with my friends. This is really bad, actually. I used to do it with my friends where like uh, <laughs> if they like fancied a guy, I would kind of like go over and like make a point of contact. 
and then like just pretend that I wasn't involved and like melt away into the background. Just like trying to orchestrate situations because it was so busy and nobody really knows what's going on and everyone's drunk. Thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Recommend it if, you, if you're bored in a nightclub. I mean, the thing is as well, is you say bored in a nightclub, and I was thinking, well, you shouldn't be bored in a nightclub. But every time I've gone to a nightclub, I have been bored. So boring. Mm. Yeah. But you're like, actually, there's so many people here that I can mess with. Yeah, that's I think, you know, because I think a lot of people get dragged to nightclubs who don't really want to go to nightclubs, mm. you know, when you're on a, what, a stag do or a hen do or whatever. Mm. So you need to find a bit of fun there. Find a game. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever instigate an awkward thing like that and it ended with a relationship or something good happening? Oh, no, no. It was a- it was never good. <laughs> okay, fine. Never ended well. Oh, right. No, I mean, sometimes it would end with, like, my friends getting with people and stuff. Okay. Right. So okay. I suppose in some ways that's not a sad ending. No, no, no. Not at the time. Only the next day that's a sad ending. Yeah, I would have been so smug if that had ended in, like, a proper relationship or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Like some sort of, like, lava ignite Cupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to go around, I used to put straws in people's pockets just for a laugh. <laughs> Just to see if I could. But straws in people's pockets. <laughs> it was like a game to see like how many straws I could get in a pocket. And that sort of jeopardy of being like, there's absolutely no explanation if I get caught. Popping, like, you know, the back of someone's jeans. Yeah. Just popping a little... Just slipping them in. The little cocktail straws. Did you ever get caught? No. Never. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Amazing. See, when I've been to nightclubs with friends, the only thing I've done that's similar to this is friends of mine will order certain drinks that are really complicated, mm. especially, you know, if it's like cocktails and things. And after a while... I will just order them anything because I'm convinced that they will never realise the difference. So that would be my only kind of like nightclub shenanigan is they'll be like, well, I'll have a Cosmopolitan and I don't want to stand there for 10 minutes. So I just get them a vodka and Coke and they've forgotten and don't know. So that's my only sort of cheeky thing I do in a nightclub, really. Matt, do you even do you like nightclubs? Do you go? No, no, I don't like nightclubs. I don't go to them anymore. But I used to love them. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I used to love a night out. I used to fucking love it. I used to love a really shit nightclub, like a local kind of like town nightclub. Used to be the best night. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I used to love that, and I love the busy ones. I remember once in a nightclub in London, like a proper wanky nightclub. I was there, and abs from five was in the um the same kind of like vicinity as me, right? Yeah. And he kind of caught my eye and raised a glass at me. I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. Never met him before in my <laughs> life, right? So I was like, oh, that guy from five is passing a drink to me. Yeah. So I took it and I went, cheers. Like that. I was surrounded by people in the middle of a dance floor, right? And it was tequila. Oh, my God. Right? I can drink anything on earth. But tequila makes me throw up instantly. Oh, no. There's something about it in my mouth. Yeah. It makes me physically sick, right? And I downed it straight away. I was looking at him trying to be cool, cool to abs from five. I went, <laughs> oh, <yeah." gasps> like that. And puke just filled. I've been drinking quite heavily that night. Oh, no. Puke just filled my mouth, right? And I could feel it trying to push out of my lips, right? And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And there's people everywhere that the toilet was the other side of the club i was like oh my god what am i gonna do so i literally pulled my sleeve no of my jacket no (laughs) over my hand like this like this over my hands i pulled my hand down and i used it as like a sick bucket and i puked into my sleeve like and puke filled my sleeve like from the elbow to my hand was encased in my own puke. Did Absolute 5 watch the whole thing? Did he see? No, no, no. I did it very slyly, very secretively. No one knew it was happening. And then I just danced my way with my hand in the air to the toilet. Like this. With my hand, with my arm of puke. Right now. 
And I got to the toilet. Uh, there was no one in there. So I walked in there, went up to the sink. Oh, my God. And just poured <laughs> puke out of my sleeve into the sink. And then I looked to my right. And there was one of those toilet no. attendants who sells aftershave <laughs> oh, and stuff no. just looking at me with absolute horror on his face. <laughs> I'm so glad that somebody saw that. Yeah, he saw it. Oh, my God. I then took my jacket off, washed my arm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Gave him some money and left. Hush money. Yeah, hush money. Yeah. <laughs> How much will the sun offer him for this story? Because I kind of have to at least match that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Actually genius, though. Yeah. Exactly. You were in a shit situation there. That that could have gone really badly. Yeah, I was. It was either that or like the T-shirt. Well, oh. you know, so I was like, oh, it's actually quite... And I've made a funnel. It's kind of clever. You're lucky that your sleeve had that sort of structural integrity as well. It was obviously the right material to... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I really am, I really am. So obviously, you know, you're bored in nightclubs. Are you not a fan of this kind of environment then? Or do, were you quite enjoying yourself and this was just an added addition to it? Um, I've, I've never really been a fan of it. I, I feel like I'm craving a night out now yeah I think like everyone's kind of is like sometimes it's really fun sometimes I think you do have occasional nights where you're like oh it'd be really great if we could just do something different especially when that time in my life where I was at uni and it was just constant mm. and I was very much in the throes of trying to pretend that I was a straight woman and so like there were two options for me it was either fuck with everyone in the club yeah or be sort of slightly sexually harassed by a man okay. and pretend that I'm into it yeah Good choice. Yeah. Wasn't very good at pretending to be straight. Yeah, you made the right choice. Just walking around hiding straws in people's jeans. (laughs) 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 Oh, there goes a straight woman. (laughs) I would love it if that sort of like this sort of secret, like unknown Mm. kind of tell that you didn't realise and like hundreds of people are now going to get in touch going, actually, like I was also pretending to be a straight woman and I did the straw thing too. Yeah, And it's sort of ingrained somewhere in everyone's psyche that that's what you do when you're trying to distract from that. There's actually a lesbian culture that if if a woman walks over and puts a straw in your pocket, she's uh, she's down to fuck. Yeah, like back in the 40s when no one could talk about it. It sounds like a proper threat as well. Like it's um like it's code for something. He's going to end up with a pocket full of straws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to be such a dick about it as well. I used to like knock people's drinks a little bit as well. Did you? Yeah. Honestly, such a bell end. <laughs> Only if they were behaving slightly badly. It was always with strangers as well. Like you just kind of you'd pick anybody. Yeah, yeah. It was always strange. I liked to watch and see whether or not they'd figure it out. Okay. Yeah. And I liked messing with the biggest, stupidest looking men. It's so bad, actually. That's fair. I think. You know, you'd find like a. Mad Massive guy in a nightclub that's really, really drunk and really arrogant, and he's like, de- like holding two pints or whatever. Yeah, I'd always be like, it would be really funny if he thought someone was tapping on his shoulder and he turned around and nobody was there. Or gets home with a pocket full of straws. Yeah, it's so childish. <laughs> it is a very Macaulay Culkin esque trick to do. <laughs> yeah, especially because I, I now look like Macaulay Culkin. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, very fair call on that actually. I mean, apart from you know the punching the person in the face, which is slightly more extreme. Yeah, but there was a context. It, yeah, it was context. There was a context. There was a context to that, so it's fine, isn't it? I think punch away. Yeah, no, I completely stand by it. It was one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the drinks, the straws, the one punch. I was just used to be like a little nightclub vigilante. If I saw like men being a bit inappropriate with women, I'd be like, <laughs> amazing. 
take back the night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there should be a, some kind of movie made about this, <laughs> like a little uh, a little uh, nightclub gremlin. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That was me. It's a superhero in the making. That is, I think so. It feels a bit like Oliver esque, doesn't it? Like these sort of small little people <laughs> running around, like the opposite of pickpocketing. Yeah, causing a bit of mischief. The opposite of pickpocketing. <laughs> you're you're putting things in their pocket. Yeah, like a weird vigilante superhero. What would your vigilante superhero name be for the nightclub? Um, oh God, I mean, I nearly said the Night Stalker then, but that's definitely a serial killer, isn't it? The Night Stalker. Yeah, yeah it does sound uh, a bit. <laughs> I don't know. Little straw goblin, probably. Little straw goblin. A straw goblin. Yeah. Love it. The little straw goblin. Fantastic. Punchy, punchy straw goblin. <laughs> punchy, punchy straw goblin. Look, you know what? If that's not the name of your next Edinburgh show, I will be very disappointed. Yeah, that's it. That sums me up, I think. Yeah. I just loved it. I'd get home at the end of the night, get in bed, and just think fondly of all the people arriving home and being like, why the fuck are there six straws in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. The internet wasn't as popular. I mean, it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I feel it's mischievous and not hurting anybody apart from the guy he punched in the face. But he'd already done some damage. But he deserved it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds yeah. like an absolute douchebag. Yeah. And it sounds like the others did. Yeah. I never did it to anyone who was uh, incredibly vulnerable or seemed like they would be actively hurt. No, no, no. By a straw in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think that there's a man out there who has this really weird thing where he goes, Whenever I kind of tried it on with a girl in a club, like loads of straws appeared in my pocket the next day. I wonder if those two things yeah. are connected. There must be someone out there that goes, I wonder if that's connected. It happens every single time I'm out in Nottingham. Mm. Yeah. Somebody's going to be listening to this and go, oh my fucking God, <laughs> that explains the straw night. Oh my God. Sarah Keyworth put a straw in my pocket. I've been having <laughs> therapy about those straws for years. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this. I think this is charming, actually. I Thank think this you. is a really fun thing to do. Yeah, I love it. And in fact, I might start doing something similar. Yeah. I find any kind of social affair now, I don't drink anymore. So mm. I find them all very boring. Yes. And like I get to a point in the night where I'm like, I just want to fucking leave. But instead, I'm going to get to the point and go, I'm going to fuck with people. Yeah. And put straws in their pocket. I think I get it from my dad, to be honest. In social situations, he likes to see where he can steer the conversation to, to the most bizarre point. Brilliant. So he just likes to sort of just manipulate things and then sit back <laughs> right. and go, I'm the reason that you're talking about salad dressing on toilet seats or whatever. I don't know. That's just a random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, sort of a weird power, but a very soft power yeah and that he's just there like i did this brilliant and i i have a wonderful memory of him we were having a party at my parents house for one of my parents birthdays and he was walking around like with a plate of like little bite-sized what are they called canapes canapes yeah canapes and he's walking around offering it to people and he found like my mum's friend's husband and he was just this massive, like really rough looking dude, like covered in tattoos and stuff, like proper blokey. And my dad like walked over to him and was like, oh, have you tried these? And this guy was like, no, I haven't, I haven't tried them yet. And my dad picked one off the plate and went to feed it to him. And this guy was so socially awkward that he just opened his mouth. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. The end result, he told me about it and I was like, that guy just thinks you're really fucking weird. And he was like, yeah, but it was very funny to feed him something. <laughs> it's a Keyworth signature move, uh, these kind of things. Yeah. I think so, yeah. That's really brilliant. Look, on the scale of, you know, good, bad to bad, bad, I think this is definitely a good, bad. I think so. Oh, this is good, bad. This is good, bad all over. Well done. Just good fun, isn't it? This is something that would make a Christmas party much better. Yeah. And it's good when you're like, if you get someone else involved as well, the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. Bonding experience, great. <laughs> 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can we have your next confession, please? Yes, my next confession is sometimes I grow out the hair on my chin just to have something to fiddle with. <laughs> <laughs> like an old-fashioned fidget spinner. <laughs> I mean, how much hair on your chin are we talking? Occasionally, I get like every so often, just like proper satisfying. Little twiddlers. Just tiny little twiddlers, yeah. Really? And they look like, a little bit coarse, so there's a bit of purchase. A bit of flick to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice. I can definitely see the appeal in this. Mm. So I have one that grows out of my shoulder. So do I. So many people have a random shoulder hair. Just a single one. And yeah. when I see it, I'm excited and I leave it for a few days because I like having it there. And then yeah, yeah, picking yeah. it out is like a real event. Like I really treat. enjoy it. So it's like loads of hair wouldn't be fun. But just the one is quite a nice thing to have to play with, isn't it? Comforting. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you then pluck it out, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you just leave it until it goes by itself? When it gets to the point where it's like visible, yeah. then it's too much and it's got to go. Right, right, okay. And also... At that point, it gets a bit too soft. Oh, so it has to be where okay. it's got like a little stubbly one. Yeah, I'm very particular about the texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, you're, you're quite happy to play with this hair when you're with a girlfriend or something. Mm. If they had one, would you enjoy that as well? Would you kind of be like, oh, can I please pick that out and pluck it? And do you enjoy that process of it as well? Or is it just your own? I don't know. Mostly because I have never dated a particularly hairy woman. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I'm quite a hairy specimen. <laughs> Why did I say specimen? <laughs> Very odd. Um, but I think I quite enjoy the process of like plucking hairs and like pulling hairs on myself. Oh, yeah. But I don't think I would do it to another person. Also, there's a real sort of a tricky situation in like pointing out somebody else's. Like, what if they didn't know? Yeah, very true. Yeah. So I enjoy like I pluck and I, I'm not particularly hairy, but for a treat sometimes, Sam will do my eyebrows for me. Ooh, She'll go, come on, I'll do them. Yeah. It's like a little spa day. Mm. I find having them plucked out by someone else really satisfying. Oh, I hate having my eyebrows plucked. I don't know if that's weird or not. Sometimes my because my eyebrows get really long. Yeah. And occasionally I'll get one that is so long that it's gone blonde halfway through. Right. Amazing. And I find that particularly fascinating. So I like getting them out. 
have a look. I'm getting fucking hair everywhere. I'm turning into one of those blokes. Like, I have to trim my ears quite regularly. Do you? Inside? Do you find satisfaction in it? No, no, I do not. I wish this was not part of my life. All right. Ugh. But now, I only realised this the other night, I have stubble on my ear. On the lobe? On the inner bit here. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Look, I can feel it there. Do they hear it? <gasps> can we hear it's it? My ear stubble. <laughs> That's, from a sort of evolutionary point of view, so bizarre, isn't it? It is bizarre. Because obviously we grow hair to keep us warm and hygiene and things like that. But I don't know why, as you get older, for some reason your body's like, we've got to protect the ears now. We've got to protect the ears, yeah, yeah. Or why evolution does this thing where they go, you know what, you can have a warm chin, but you've got one hair to do the job. Mm. Like, that's kind of very strange, <laughs> isn't it? Like, all or nothing on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much pressure on that one hair as well. Yeah, and then you're pulling it out, like it's not even getting a yeah. real go at the job, is it? Oh, I should apologise to it. How often are we talking about when they come, by the way? Like, is it like a regular thing or is it kind of like every couple of months? Oh, no, it's it's entirely regular. Okay, fine. Yeah, if I had a nap, it'd be back, honestly. <laughs> okay. And is that nature telling us something? You know, because they say if you shave, it comes back thicker. That's nature going, don't fuck around. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, we're growing this for a reason. Look, this is, once again, like your other one, it's quite charming. It's victimless. Mm. If you were going around going, I love picking other people's things, like, we have a lot of people who are into picking other people's spots and hairs and things. Yeah. Because this is your own hair. When it's on your own, it becomes less about the satisfaction and more about comfort, would you say? Yes. It's more of a comforting flick. Yeah, I think so. It's it, it's almost kind of becoming a bit of an anxious thing as well. If you see me like that, I'm like, oh. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, that's what you go for. And everyone's like, because she's very thoughtful. She's thinking a lot, yeah. isn't she? Mm. Like, you know, I'm twiddling my small friend. Would we yeah. find yourself doing it like, because obviously a, a quite an anxious experience would be a television show, which can be quite nerve-wracking, mm -hmm. and you sit there and you're going, oh, I'm playing, playing, with, my my, yeah. I'm playing with my uh, little chin hair on, mm -hmm. on television. I think if I, were, if I were doing a TV record, I would have uh, maybe got rid of it. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't take it on the telly with me. <laughs> Not going for the Nanny McPhee look. No. Ooh, th that would be a niche, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really into that comedian with the chin hair. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about this, Matt, this, uh, this chin hair fiddle? I think it's good, bad. For a while, my nickname was Licky Beard. Licky beard. My wife would call it to me. She'd go, Oi, licky beard. Because I'd be sitting there like this. Really? With my tongue licking the licking the hairs on my upper lip. And I grew them a little while for a while. I had a beard and I would lick that. Is that because it's just quite satisfying feeling the texture? It's just gross. It's really weird. But at any moment, my moustache would be wet. Oh, yeah. Any moment you touch it. Like a, like a dog's <laughs> nose. Just be like that the whole day long. It was horrible. How did you kick the habit? Uh, well, well, actually, I had another awful habit as well, which was, um, so the bits here in the very corner of my moustache, I would... Flip under my under like this and bite like that. Oh my and god! And pluck them out. It was like a pleasure pain thing that I did for a while. Yeah, yeah. So much so that they've never fully grown back. So there's little patches here that are bald forever. Really? Because of um the intense plucking ritual I had with your own teeth. That's quite unusual. So animalistic. It's fascinating. Yeah, it was weird. See, every week we get some some more weird shit that I do. That's the thing you're doing is when we when we started doing this show, Matt was going. The thing is, I just don't have any of these things. And every time we record one, he goes, "Oh yeah, that is that is one of those." Yeah. My one is so I haven't shaved for like maybe four days, and it gets a bit like my little goatee thing. But I get like the odd hair on my face, and when it gets to this point, I get really excited because I can pluck them out with my fingers. Oh, like right. it's so satisfying. So, and I sit and play with them watching telly for hours, like just picking at my face. So yeah. 
Yeah. I totally get this. Mm. I just feel sorry that you don't have more of them to get more pleasure, really. Yeah. Like it's nature has only granted you one source rather than several. Yeah. <laughs> one little gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love to have a beard. There's all these filters and stuff on uh, like Instagram and stuff where you can sort of see what it looks like if you could grow a beard. Do you look quite good with a beard? I look fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all agreed on this one as well, Matt. This is easily good, bad. Yeah, this is good, bad. Great. Two for two. Can we have your next confession, please? The next confession. This is probably good and bad. Uh, if someone is overly arrogant like, or like cocksure in, in a quite an unpleasant way, I will uh, pretend to not hear or understand their jokes to make them repeat them. Brilliant. <laughs> is that bad? Amazing. I'm now sat here desperately thinking if I've ever said anything in front of you and you've been like, sorry, what I don't, I don't understand, <laughs> just in case. What was that again? Can you repeat that? Sorry, Matt, can you just... I don't think I've done it to you, Matt. No, I don't think you, I don't think you have, but this is... No, but I, I've definitely done it in green rooms of comedians. Really? Yeah, 100%. Because it's just the most powerful thing to go, sorry, sorry, what did you say? And so what I don't... They either have to go, don't worry about it, or... Yeah, a repeated joke takes someone's power away straight away, doesn't it? It really like, does, it's yeah. such a beautiful moment of deflation. Yeah, especially if it's a slightly unpleasant joke or anything like that. Just just that yeah. wonderful thing of going, oh, I know exactly what you said, but I'm just going to... I'm just going to see whether or not you have the confidence to say it again. I'm going to make you explain why that offensive thing is funny. Yeah, without the moment that led to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 amazing. Just go, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes me feel nervous. <laughs> yes, <that's it. laughs> Actually, I was once in a green room with someone and they'd done a stage, this was like 10 years ago with like when we were doing like tiny little gigs, like it was like, you know, in a pub to 20 people. And we're sort of in the other room, like what was the green room? And the guy came off stage and he'd done a joke about Down syndrome, which Mm. like is just like, it's just not a thing to joke about really. And the joke wasn't very good. And it was off stage. He came back off and I was with this comic who was very, very like nice. And he just went, he just went, God, great set, by the way. And really set him up to be like, oh my God, I love this, but I love this bit. Can you just explain to me that joke about Down syndrome? So why is that so funny? And you had to then watch this comedian Mm. try and explain and justify this fucking awful joke. And it was such a delicious moment. Really Like, oh, I could, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And you could see he would sort of been lulled into this security. It was gorgeous. Mm. It's such a non-confrontational way of calling somebody out on something, isn't it? Yes, 100%. Rather than going like, Oh, you can't say that. Or I really take offence to that. Or it's just going. Oh, can you? Um, I'd actually get, like to get some clarification on on why you think that that makes. Because I might be wrong about this, so I need you to help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh great. My God. Uh-huh. And if they sort of stick with it as well, you can do that really sort of horrible undermining thing. If they if they explain it and they're kind of, you can just go. Oh, right, okay. Is this something you do a lot? I'd love to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedians are a nightmare as well, aren't they? Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I um, I'm, I think like any kind of woman who uh, is doing like circuit gigs and club gigs and stuff will often find themselves as the only woman uh, in a green room. Mm. And sometimes you have to find reasonably passive ways of asserting yourself. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a big one for me that oh, I really kind of enjoyed learning. Because I think there is a lot of wonderful things about like doing gigs and travelling around and meeting other comedians and being in green rooms like sometimes it can just be so fun but occasionally you'll get sort of a weird combination of people where there's a bit of a power struggle going on Mm. and it's really nice i'm gonna make you feel slightly better i have done this kind of thing before but the person wasn't being a dick so a few years ago i was out on a night out with a friend of mine who happens to be friends with an actor called matthew lewis now matthew lewis was neville longbottom in the harry potter films Mm -hmm. right oh why now so we're out on this night out 
and we're all out together and there's maybe five or six of us out and he comes to join and I am really drunk. So I decide, being drunk, I would pretend that I had no idea who he was or even what Harry Potter was. <laughs> you are a huge Harry Potter fan as well, right? Yeah, I, I, like, I like, I really like Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm not like <laughs> mental about it, but I really like yeah, it. Yeah, not mental Harry Potter fan, but you like it, right? You know who he is, like, yeah. I knew exactly who he fucking was, but I'd had a few drinks. I was like, oh, so what do you do for a living then? Like, even if I know who people are, I think it's polite just to go, what do you do for a living? Rather than going, I know what you do. Yeah. And he kind of went, oh, I'm an actor. And I was like, oh, nice. What kind of stuff are you doing at the moment? He's like, I've just done this like little sitcom. I do a bit of stage stuff. Mm. And I went, oh, quality. And then I was like, so have you done any like film and things like that, knowing full fucking well that you've been in the Harry Potter films? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I've done like a few films, like recently a couple of indie ones. And, you know, a few years ago, I was kind of like in some bigger ones. And he obviously didn't want to go, I'm Neville fucking Longbottom. And the fact he didn't want to say it enraged me even more. It enraged you. Really? Oh, I find it so endearing that he didn't. Well, yeah, because I was just like, just tell me, I know, just tell me you're Neville fucking Longbottom. So in the end, I was like, oh, what what, what films were you in? And like, it was like playing a game of Cluedo because he was like, oh, I was in this kind of like fantasy scene. Series. I was like, Ugh! like, and he didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, I'm going to fucking get it out of you if it kills me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, like, we were kind of chatting away, and it was all this. And he was like, Oh, oh I was in the Harry Potter films. I was like, oh, I, I sort of know about them, but I don't really know much about Harry Potter. Like, who were you? And he was like, I was one of his friends. I was like, Oh, what's? And in the end, he just was like, I was Neville Longbottom. All right, and got like really. <laughs> and I was like, That's all I wanted. Thank you very much. And then just left yeah. him to his evening. I mean, from this story, I really like Neville Longbottom yeah. and dislike you. Look, he was a really lovely guy. Yeah, I was being a fucking knob. A dick, yeah. I was being a dick. I was being a bellend. I'm not afraid to admit that I was being a bellend, mm-hmm. but I was kind of amusing myself on this night out. And all I wanted him to go was, I'm never long bottom, mate. That's all. That's all I wanted him to say. It just took me ages <laughs> to get there. The thing is, he seems like such a nice man. Yeah. He was genuinely delightful. And he's probably this day going, like, oh, who was that dick he brought out with him? <laughs> My mate Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, ultimately, he knew that you knew. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But you know what? It was like, it was two in the morning. It was par for the course for whatever was going on then. It wasn't one of my finer moments, but it was endlessly amusing. It was like a little game for myself and like yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. him to repeat things and do all that. It was, you know, very much sort of the evil version of what you do yeah no i would have uh, thoroughly enjoyed doing that i think i that would have been right up my street yeah absolutely do, so you say you do this to kind of like make people and sort of you know take their arrogance out of the situation is it something that you ever have to go one further and actually then go what you said was unacceptable or do you think that this always does the trick i think for the most part it does the trick amazing i think my defense in those situations where if i meet somebody that i really don't warm to or like they're being so abrasive and and it's obviously probably from a point of insecurity of them and stuff yeah i will kind of shut down so like if they're behaving like that and then they say something directly to me and I do my like I'm sorry what did you say it's usually because I've been like looking at a notebook or on my phone or something like that and I will be sort of conscious of them in the room but I'm very yeah. deliberately not giving the attention that they want that they so uh, and if, if they did sort of like repeat it or say it again I would usually kind of shut it down and just be like oh that's a that's a strange thing to say <laughs> you know what that's so much worse than someone going mate don't like if someone said to me yeah. don't say that I go oh okay but if someone goes well, that's a strange thing to say. That would live rent-free in my head yeah, 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 for yeah, yeah. weeks afterwards. Interesting point of view. It's so like, I have absolutely no interest in engaging with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what you did was a bit odd, but I'm not going to discuss it any further. And then like, it's like, oh. The person would almost rather to have it out with you, I think, to just yeah, get yeah. it done. But yeah. leaving it hanging there is so much more punishment. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that they're leaving being like, oh God, she thought that was a strange thing to say. Is she thinking about it now? Like, is she going to tell anyone? Yeah. Like, what did she mean by strange? Because strange is strange negative. Is strange positive? Is it neutral? Like, brilliant. Yeah. Perfect. This is evil genius level. <laughs> 
It would fucking haunt me for months. Yeah. I think, especially with comedians like that, if they're saying something that's controversial or offensive or, or making a joke, I've, I've found sometimes that I've been in green rooms with comedians who are making a joke and they're almost trying to see whether or not I'll take the bait. Mm. And so not ignoring them, but they're just saying, hmm, that's very strange. It must be so infuriating because they're like, oh, you didn't do any of the things I wanted you to do. You didn't, like, shrink away, but you didn't shout. And, you know, as well, you're very sort of, like, as a person, especially in a green room, you're very measured, like, quite relaxed. Like, I don't have loads of comedian friends because I find it all quite difficult Mm. of, like, this kind of grappling with when you're in a green room and everyone's, like, swinging their dick around. And I imagine you coming in with such a different vibe going, well, isn't this unusual, Mm. would really put the cat amongst the pigeons. Big fan of this. I'm a big fan of anything that upsets other comedians. So (laughs) this is not only a good bad, this is career defining in my eyes of what you do. This is the gift you've given the circuit. Sometimes like things will be said, right? And I know that it's not an acceptable thing to have been done, right? And I never know what the right thing to do is because to call, call someone out in a certain situation can be quite a, not just a bold move, but also between men, quite a, an ask for a fight. Risky. In a yeah. way, a, risk, yeah. a risky move, you know, especially if you go, that's not really cool. Then you've started an argument, then you're rowing with somebody. Yeah. But then there's the point of me where I'm like, I don't know if I should allow this to happen, mm. you know, but what do I do without ending up getting my nose broken? But this is a very clever way Absolutely. of planting that in, doing what you need to do, but letting them fall on their own sword. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I don't actually think this is even a confession. I think this is a really good piece of life advice. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm taking this as the life skill. Mm. And I think it's good, bad for that. I think it's great, this. Yeah, good, bad. Great. This is my favourite thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> good, thank you. Thanks very yeah. much. So, Sarah, thank you very much for coming on. How do you feel now that you've confessed all? Do you know what? I really thought that this was going to feel like mildly cathartic, but also slightly shameful. Yeah. And I've actually, I feel like I'm walking away with an incredible amount of arrogance, actually. <laughs> yeah, you should feel cleansed. I'm walking away like, I'm a social genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a strange thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> a very odd thing. To say. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? It's yeah, really fun. Yeah, really fun. Great. Because there's no response. Thank you so much. And um, where can people find you and what you're up to at the moment? And what are you doing? Like, what can we consume? Uh, you can find me on all the social medias. Um, Sarah Keyworth. I'm um, some variation of Sarah Keyworth on Twitter, Instagram, and on my website, sarahkeyworth.co.uk. I also have a radio show out on BBC Radio Four. It came out just before Christmas, and I think you can catch up on that. It's called. Are you a boy or a girl? Amazing. Mate, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Honestly, that was so great. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. It was lovely to chat to you both. That was Sarah Keyworth. Absolutely fantastic. Really love her vibe. Like, I've got this weird thing with Sarah, right? I've known her for a long time. Yeah. And I just want her to be my friend. Like, she's so cool and so effortless. She's a bit too cool for you, Matt. Yeah, she is too cool for me. But, you know, if there's another pandemic, I'm pretty sure you can fucking try and sway her. Yeah, man, like I could get you. It only took one pandemic for you. Exactly, one pandemic and I'm your mate now. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.